What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob. I'm Tyler. I'm Andrew. The three usual suspects. How's everybody doing today? Very good. Can't good. complain. All right, good. Tyler, it's good. good to have you back, man. I know you're a little, you're a little down and sick. Down with the sickness, <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're glad to have you back, man. I'm glad you're feeling better. Good seeing you again, brother. Good to see you, too. I hated that you missed the last episode we did. Uh, we actually finally got on... Uh, Got on the same page with a very busy Joe the Hitman Elmore. Um, you know, he was on talking about his journey in the fight game and talking about uh, him possibly, not possibly, but very soon in the near future fighting for that 165-pound uh, bare-knuckle championship belt. The guy that's going to fight, he better be ready. He's a beast. Yeah, that's one I hated to miss. <clears throat> I woke up in a puddle of sweat. I didn't talk a whole lot during that episode because that's, that's more in Rob's wheelhouse, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we had a good time talking to him. And again, you know, we told him that we were looking forward to uh, getting a, getting back in here and talking to him once he's got that belt around his waist. So, I'd love to go see him fight. Yeah, if it's close, we're going. And close meaning Florida, um, maybe the Midwest, wherever he's at, we're going. We'll be there, be a part of it. I'm trying to get us some t shirts from him right now. So, everybody hang tight. Be good. I'd love Show to go see him. With some Hitman attire. Yeah, I've seen some of his fights on, online. It's pretty pretty insane yeah he's 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 no doubt without a shadow of a doubt he's an animal so i mean not even you know just watching other bare knuckle fights not even him involved and in i mean it's insane if you haven't watched it go watch it it is insane go get the bare knuckle fighting championship app it's five dollars and 99 cents it'll be the best almost six bucks you ever spent in your life have y'all ever seen the um the slap boxing Yes, championship. Yeah, I have seen. Isn't that. it big in Russia or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. over in East. Yeah, yeah those dude, are. we got to do some research on that and get like a slap box champion in here on the podcast. <laughs> we have can you get, seen those? People? We yeah. can get in the bare knuckle game as, as long, and as, we can dive into the Russian slap boxing as long as we're talking to him and not get slap bomb. Yeah, I mean, I so. they straight up knock people unconscious with a yeah, slap. Yeah, they even got the like little video game apps and stuff for that yeah, now. It's actually, big. Unfortunately, I actually, ha- you know, I'm ashamed to admit I have that on my phone. Do you really? I do. <laughs> Are you serious? I do. I have it. I oh do. God. I'm going to play your, it for your, you. So. Your sister loves to play it. So she's like, let's play the slapping game. I want to play it for you, Lee. Yeah. Um, real quick, I just kind of want to get in uh, with everybody and let you know that uh, upcoming podcast we're working on, uh, we're working on getting some, getting together with Charlie Culberson, Atlanta Braves, Charlie Culberson. I'm going to sit down and talk to him about baseball, uh, you know, playing ball now these days uh, with the Braves. We're also going to talk about uh, the infamous Peggy's of Rome. Uh, we, we're really trying to gather as much information as we can about her because we want to do that uh, that podcast justice. There's a lot of information. Peggy Hill? No, not Peggy Hill. <laughs> but there's a lot of people that's not willing to share that information. No, so it's, we're, it's shut down. We, a lot of people don't even want us talking about we, it. We've got three good people that's going to give a different perspective of her uh, from a family member to a possible uh, frequent uh, uh, customer to the person that actually put her in jail. So so we should come up with some good stuff. But again, we're not trying to rush it. We just want to make sure everything's good. That's right. That's right. Talk to the right people. Get the real, get the real truth, not the miss. Yeah. So we had a few folks talking, uh, kind of looking at our social media uh, about the the Alcatraz Museum that we had went to, and I just I kind of blew through that last time, last episode, but I kind of wanted to go into a little more um, the things with that with that uh, actual museum. It's, it's pretty pretty incredible the stuff they had. You know, they had um, we go back to uh, you know I, we'd talked about John Wayne Gacy's actual uh, Pogo the Clown uh, outfit. Uh, they had both of his clown outfits. They had his art kit. Uh, 
actually had some of his artwork that he had done on display. And this museum's not always there. It travels, correct? No, the museum is always there, but the displays yeah. change. So, oh, that they do. So the temp, well, the temporary thing that was there was the big Ted Bundy exhibit, which you know they had Ted Bundy's Volkswagen. It was his actual Volkswagen, which was really creepy. Um, typewriter that he used in prison to, you know, he he was actually his own defense lawyer uh, when he had got arrested the last time when he had murdered the girls and. Um, down in florida state so you think charles manson's music's on spotify probably is yeah was he so, a good guitar player it, it, not to not to skip over ted bundy yet but uh they do have some charles manson uh, uh i would say i hate to say memorabilia but they do have some there they artifacts have, yeah they have his guitar uh, they actually have a baseball signed by him um you know They've got all kinds of uh, drawings, artwork of his. It's got a big old fidget spinner in the middle of it. it uh, it's pretty weird. So <laughs> it's not a fidget spinner. It's actually a swastika. So on the baseball. But uh, anyways, to try to stay on target, uh, we, you know, the Charles Manson stuff is, uh, it's pretty, I mean, all the stuff they have there is, is pretty crazy. It's they, They've got so much stuff on, on different kill, uh, serial killers. Uh, and uh, so... It's interesting. It's it's well worth the money to go in there and check it out. So, um, so you guys getting y'all getting hopped up for Halloween? No, I'm too old. I can't trick or treat anymore. Yeah, it's just not it's not fun anymore to me. Yeah, that's still fun, man. I'm not a big Halloween guy though. No, I'm just not. I love Halloween. I'm, I'm all about it. So really? Yeah. My wisdom like tooth up is still? coming in. Uh, no, I don't dress up. I just like to scare the shit out of little kids. So it's kind of my favorite thing to do. So. Yeah. I don't I mean, even I don't even want to think about biting down into a piece of candy right now. Just this blistering toothache with my wisdom teeth coming in. Yeah, that's not that's not good. You should go get that thing checked out. I mean, a lot of you know a lot of adults love Halloween because they like dressing up, going yeah. to parties and all that. I just need. Yeah, we. I mean, we're we're gonna have a little get together uh, for the kids because, of course, you know, trick or treating is canceled this year. So we're gonna try to do what we can. Andy, I see you dressing up for Halloween. I have. What's your What's your costume of choice? Like, what's your go to? Like, like, you know, you're going to put that, you're going to put that on last time. I, last time I don't really don't have that cause I don't do it. But the last time I did go to a Halloween party, it didn't really end well, but, uh, did you drive it was home? Caesar? It was uh, Julius Caesar. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Or little so I had kind of like, I had a, I had a toga on or I guess cool. you would call it a toga. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. You had the headgear and all yeah. that stuff. I had that and it was, Sweet, you know, it's easy to wear. It's comfortable. You don't have to put on makeup or anything. That's right. So it was, you know, but yeah. That's the Still. worst. The the worst is having to wear one of those hot ass masks. A mask or makeup. Yeah. Or any, I don't want to do any of that. None of that. I don't. I don't. I don't even want to dress up. Tyler, and I'm not by humbug, but it's just. Ugh. Tyler, I got a. I actually had a picture I was going to send to you. Uh, one yeah. year we had went to Fright Fest for Halloween, and uh, I got a picture of Tyler dressed up as Ghost Rider, which is one of his little favorites. And uh, his didn't butt, we color my hair? That we time? did, and your buddy was dressed up as a mummy. Uh, I believe he was wrapped in toilet paper. <laughs> Pretty sure that's no, how that it was. Ace bandages. Ace bandages. Yeah, okay, whatever. So, but he was a good go-to if you couldn't find any toilet paper. Yeah, it's good old Charlie. He was there. So that's true. That's funny. Well, what's a what's a scary movie? I mean, the scary movie. That's one thing I look forward to in Halloween is it's kind of the horror movies. I do like out, some horror so, movies. Uh, I'm a big fan of those, and uh, and of course those are on about every night. Yeah, there's a certain channel. It's like I think it's 31 nights of Halloween. Yeah. So there's always a different one. I've been enjoying there. watching a little bit of the. Uh, uh, the Michael Myers series, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah, uh, the good ones, the new ones. Yeah. So you like the Rob Zombie versions better? I do. I, I do. do Just yeah. And I I saw one of them at the theater, and I've seen the other one. 
you know, TV, but it's, uh, it's just well done. Yeah. Everything he does is just creepily well it done. It really is. It really is. Tyler, what's your favorite scary movie? Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh my God. There it is. It's probably the worst. I don't even, I'm not even, I don't That's know. That's a classic. A classic piece of crap. No. It is. You're uncultured if you don't like that movie. All right. Well, I'll put me in that category. Anything about Rob Zombie, it. I kind of like. Yeah. I mean, they're disturbing, but I don't know. I think that's what true horror is. It's kind of disturbing. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, it's funny because that's what brings us here tonight. We're actually going to talk about. It's what you uh, call a lead-in. It's a lead-in. And we're going to actually talk about uh, some of the actual horrible people and horrible events that inspired these uh, these these movie producers to make a movie about it. So uh, Kind of true. It's a lot of crap. Man, it's, it's just so much uh I mean, evil inspiration. Is, evil is real, and yeah. uh, these people—they've uh, done some really terrible things. And uh, it's uh, it's kind of weird that, in some way, they're they're a little bit glorified, or their memory will last forever due to the movies that uh, these people made, uh, and kind of tie them into it. So, um, the first one I want to talk about is one of the movies that it's not really um, it's not a like a Halloween movie, but it's, it's no doubt a horror movie. Uh, and I remember watching this a long time ago. It's the movie called the orphan. It's where the little girl had got adopted and she moved in with the family and, uh, she's really manipulative and she started, uh, put pitting the mom against the dad and the dad against the mom. And, uh, the dad kind of had a drinking problem. And then she started putting the moves on the dad and it's, everybody's like, Oh my God, this little kid, what's going on? But actually she was a grown woman and she suffered uh, from a, a weird hereditary disease, which made her look very young. And the movie goes on. Anyways, they, they end up getting, getting her out of the house, and she almost kills everybody. But what, uh, what you may not have known is this actually, uh, she, this movie was, was based uh, pretty loosely, not loosely, but pretty accurate on a, um, a lady uh, named Barboa Skralava. She was 33 years old. Does that come with chips and a drink? It could. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Um, but she actually, uh, she looked she looked quite harmless, and she looked like a little girl. Uh, but at 33 years old, she was pretty evil. Um, she actually had got adopted by a family. The family took her in. But she was very aggressive and very hostile. They thought she was 13. They thought she was a child, yeah. But so she was actually. She, she was 33 years old. Wow. So she actually, uh, you know, with her hostile and uh, violent tempers, the family had her removed from the home. Uh, she kind of was out on her own. She didn't have anything, you know, there was nothing going on in her life. So she actually started studying at the university where she was from. Uh, and then she had ran a, she had met a schizophrenic, two schizophrenic sisters, um, Kiera and uh, Katerina Morova. And Kiera was actually, I'm sorry, Carla. Carla was actually the mother to two children and her husband had left her because Obviously, it's, it's tough to deal and live with a schizophrenic. So the husband had left, and he left her there with the kids and her other sister. So um, she moves in with these ladies. Um, and again, she's very manipulative. This is the actual real person, the uh, Barboa. She, uh, she, would, she would manipulate how the mother felt towards her two children to the point to where the schizophrenic mother started uh, abusing her own children. Uh, Barboa was she was real intelligent and really manipulative, um, and uh, she was she would she got to the point where she was manipulating the two sisters. Of course, both the sisters are schizophrenic. She was manipulating them on how to treat the children. 
the two little kids. Um, so she's, they started unfairly treating these kids. Um, they actually had got to the point to where they, uh, all three of them would lock all three of the, you know, the Barboa and the two sisters, they locked these children in iron cages down in a basement. I mean, they left them without food, left them without clothes. Uh, they didn't even have blankets to protect them from the weather. Um, you know, for months, these kids, you know, they were beaten, burned with cigarettes. You know, they gave them electric shocks. Uh, you know, maybe every once in a while they actually got to bathe in a bucket. I mean, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty brutal how they were treating them. But, uh, the worst part is, um, in, in Barboa's mind, she had remembered the story of Hansel and Gretel. And you remember when the witch used to take the children and they kidnapped them and they fattened them up. So the witch was going to cook them and eat them. them. Yeah. She actually, uh, the time had passed and they, they had fed these children so much and the fuller they became, uh, they, she actually, they started cutting pieces of their leg off, cut the meat all the way down some parts, even to the bone. And they were cooking that flesh and eating it. Uh, and the scare, the sad thing was the two sisters, they actually, they acquired a taste for human meat. And so they were doing this frequently to these small children. Um, you know, it's, it, there was no pain. There's nothing to relieve the pain, uh, no medicine, anything like that. So these kids are just being hacked up and ate by their mom and their aunt. Um, the one thing that happened was, uh, one of the neighbors had a monitor for his baby. It was a baby monitor and he actually picked up transmission and saw, uh, some of the scenes that were going on inside. I don't know how they must've had a, a, a transmitter watching these children. Um, some like a baby monitor watching these children. But the neighbor had actually seen some of the shit that was going on over there, and he immediately had called the police. Uh, you know, the authorities are they got there, uh, and the two sisters, uh, the actual mom and her sister, the aunt, uh, tried to block the police from going into the basement. Uh, they didn't want them to go down there. Of course uh, not. And in the, in the in this time, Barboa she had she snuck away, she escaped. So the two sisters, they of course they went down there and they found the children and saw, um, you know what the hell was going on and, and, and how these kids were being treated. They immediately rushed them to the emergency room. Uh, and unfortunately one of them actually died. One of the kids actually died. This really happened. Uh, and so, um, and you're talking about monitors and all that yeah, stuff. So it wasn't that long ago. Right. It, yeah. It couldn't have been that long ago. So, so what happens is the two sisters, they, they were convicted and sentenced to only 12 years in prison. They only got 12 years in prison. Um, years passed and, uh, Bar, you know, Barboa, she had escaped, uh, and they actually, uh, they found her again. She was, she was pretending to be a child genius and her name was Adam. So she was going around as a, as a male child, uh, and a family actually had abdo- had ad- abdo- good Lord adopted. adopted her again. So she was already adopted again. Um, and then they did find her, uh, and she was arrested and, uh, she was in jail for five years, prison for five years, but she only had to serve four. Uh, she actually got out in 2011. That was when she got out of prison. So, so she's out. Yeah. So if you've saw the orphan, that's, that's the whole, that's where that came from. That whole story came from, uh, the lady, uh, uh, Barboa Skrilova, uh, so she's like year old out woman. walking around now. She very well could be. Yeah. Yeah. That's even scarier. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you, if, if you've watched the orphan, that's that's where that came from, man. And I'm telling you, that's uh, that's about as evil as you can get. That's insane. It's pretty crazy. So that's terrible, terribly insane. Yeah. Well, I was just going to, uh, you know, everybody knows the movie Nightmare on Elm Street. And if you haven't seen it, then you're living under a rock. Yeah, I'm about to say everybody knows Freddy Krueger and so forth. But I, you know, I was unaware of this till recently, and I read the story. 
about where uh, was it Wes Craven got the idea for Nightmare on Elm Street. And actually, it is from uh, it's just the idea of it was some uh, ref- refugees uh, fled to Los Angeles from uh, let me just make sure I say this right, Meow and Mung. Yeah, because it's it, Asian it culture was, it was Asians, and because mm-hmm. they were attacked by the Viet- Vietnamese, mm-hmm. so they fled to L.A. And this happened in the seventies, of course. You know, so, so right after the Vietnam War, right after the Vietnam War, so they settled in L.A. But these people, they came from such poor areas and such terrible living conditions. They actually lived in the mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, very third world, mm-hmm. basically. So they settle in uh, in L.A. And there's they begin they begin having these issues with them falling asleep and having these terrible nightmares of entities and things chasing them hmm. to the point where they were afraid to go to sleep. And it got to the point where the first case was in 1977 uh, that was actually brought to the attention. A healthy young man actually dies in his sleep. Hmm. And then it starts happening more and more and more over five year period. 20 of these refugees, refugees died in their sleep and they were perfectly young and healthy people. And supposedly it's from these nightmares. Okay. So in one case, this young child is afraid to go to sleep. He stays awake for three days. He tries to stay awake. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe I rushed into the story a little bit, but you get the premises of the yeah. refugees. He stays awake for three days, scared to go to sleep. Okay. Because this entity is chastening and, 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 and they're all aware at this time about what's going on. You know, they got perfectly healthy people dying in their sleep and they can't figure out why nobody has an answer for it. Well, the parents finally get concerned enough and they actually give this child sleeping pills because he's been awake for three days. Well, guess what happens at, I think it's like midnight. This this child is screaming and yelling and kicking, and they go running into his room. And by the time they get there, he's no longer alive. Wow! But he was perfectly healthy, young child. They can find nothing in the autopsies of why these people are dying. And they later name it uh, the syndrome uh becomes sudden unexpected death syndrome. I mean, how vague is that? Yeah. So they're no, just reaching for whatever they could come up with. Whatever they could find. And so this gives Wes Craven the idea of Nightmare on Elm Street. That somebody's actually chasing these people. Actually chasing because yeah. because they have no I mean sudden unexpected death syndrome. Bad case of the suds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean what I mean there's no answer to why all these because they're perfectly healthy people. And in, in the in the first case in nineteen seventy seven they, they talk about this guy he was a healthy young man, dies in his sleep, and nobody can figure out why. But it was happening only within these refugees from these countries. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, you think about you've watched Nightmare on Elm Street, and you think about uh, one of the most, I guess, one of the most iconic scenes is when the girl's laying in the bathtub, and then his claws, like he comes up, you know, mm-hmm. out of the claws between her legs. I always thought it would be funny if it was a fat chick in there and his hand comes up and he starts slapping the water like he's trapped under it. So that's how I used to keep myself from being scared. So scared. That's because a, that was a scary ass movie. It was. That like, was a, the like first a, one. I think it got kind of silly. Yeah. But the first one was. The first was scary as hell. It and scared the hell out of me. We had a, one of my cousins, this is a good story. He was terrified of Freddie. So me and uh, his brother and his sister would, if he ever went in the bathroom, you couldn't close the door on him. 
You couldn't because he was scared of Freddy in the bathroom. <laughs> and so if he was in there taking a shower, they would cut the lights off and go, Freddy's in the bathroom. And he would come running out butt naked, like screaming with soap <laughs> in his eyes, like terrified. I mean, just running through the house. Because and, that, that and, movie had an impact on like, us. He was so scared that if he had to take a doo-doo uh, in the middle of the night and everybody was in the bed, he would go outside and shit in the front yard no way yeah yeah he would he would he would not go he wouldn't go in the bathroom by himself he uh he but it's was, okay to go out but it, i was like night. what makes more sense i mean it's scarier to be outside right no, he would go outside like like the the house dog and just shit in the front yard before he would uh, go to the bathroom and let freddie get but him. you know i think everybody our age especially yeah they were scared to death of man it, it terrified it was scary me. because that's something that everyone does is sleep yeah you know, we don't all go into some crazy haunted house and get chased, or we're not all yeah. at some camp lake where yeah. Jason chases you. But everybody falls asleep, and everybody's had a nightmare. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's funny too is, you know, all the uh, like if you talk about Jason, you talk about uh, Michael Myers, they just move real slow. And I always had issues with my hips when I was a kid. So I was always like, yeah, I think I probably could get away from them. I thought I was fast enough to get away. I was like, I'm not scared. So, yeah. It's like the saying goes, you don't have to be fast. You just have to it's be, faster, be the than faster than the slowest guy. Yeah, that's, right. yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. That's right. But yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's what it made it so scary was the fact that it's... Uh, These things were happening. It's just too real. Yeah. Because like I said, you know, you, you, everybody sleeps and everybody's had nightmares. And we you know what happens if... I mean, if you look at the story, I mean, yeah. this whole tribe of people. And Tyler, I mean, Tyler suffered from some sleep paralysis before. He's had some episodes of that. Yeah. So it's, so what is that like? It's like, um, it's like when you go to sleep, <clears throat> when you go to sleep, your body puts off a chemical that paralyzes your muscles. So when you're dreaming, you don't get up and do stuff in the middle of your sleep. Sometimes you are aware that you're dreaming and you open your eyes to wake up and you're still paralyzed. You can't move because that chemical's still in your brain right. and the, or the chemical's still present. But um, you're still in a dream state. So when you open your eyes, you have, you know, visions, but you're locked in your bed and a lot of anxiety comes along with that. So uh, oftentimes you're seeing really creepy things in your room. So, and you're just bound to your bed and you can't move and get away from them. No matter how hard you try, have you ever had um? Not good. You ever had a like a, um a nerve block or something during surgery, something like yes. that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did some, during shoulder surgery. Actually, you ever try to move that as hard as you can, and it's almost like a jolt feeling. It's like you can feel feel your your nerves firing right. off trying to lift it, but it won't. Right. Well, your whole body's doing that in your bed, and you can't move. And sometimes somebody can be sitting on your chest. Somebody's in the corner looking at you. And you can't move. You can't right. do anything about it until you wake up. Do you feel like you're going to die? Is it? Do you feel like you may be about to die? <laughs> I don't know. I've never been that close to dying. So, it, Sleep is so weird. It's like the other night. I was I was asleep, and it was probably, what, 2 o'clock in the morning or so. I don't remember what time it was. And my wife had to wake me up because I was screaming. No way. Yeah, that would freak me out, too. Well, I really wasn't screaming. I was yelling. There's a difference. Screaming, I think, is being scared. Yelling is something different. But I knew exactly what I was doing when she woke me up. She says, you okay or you can't woke me up? I was clearing the house with a gun. 
You was? Yeah. You were sleepwalking? No, I was laying in bed, but in my dream. You were you was in the house with a gun. I was, well, no, I was, yeah, no, 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 I didn't. Not in real life. Yeah, I had yeah, yeah, but you're dreaming. But I'm dreaming it because we pulled up to this house, and actually it was a house I grew up to, grew up in as a kid, which is so weird. I haven't seen this house in forever. But actually, the store, the house now is two stories in my dream. But we pull up, and I hear somebody running in the back door, and there's not supposed to be anybody there. So I get out, and I jump out, and I have this gun in my back, and I pull <laughs> this gun out. And I'm clearing the house, even though I, I said I'm clearing the house. I know they're in there. Yeah. But I can hear them walking around upstairs, and I'm yelling at them. That's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. But that's just how weird, I don't know, dreaming and sleep is to me. It's just weird. But that, that doesn't, I don't know if that's ever happened before, before yeah. or the other night. I did some crazy things in my dreams, too. I mean, it's, uh, you get in a dream state, you do some crazy, of course, I talk to myself. Like, I'm a, man. I'll, Are you? I have a full-on conversation with somebody. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll actually, and, and Brittany and I was asleep one night and I had a hold of her and I just started pinching her really hard, but I dream, I was dreaming that I was opening the door. I thought I had a doorknob and I was just pinching the shit out of her. She's like, what are you doing? That's weird. I was like, I'm sorry. I thought I, I mean, was, it's so weird. I was opening the door. I know, right? I mean, it's, it's strange. It's such What's a weird, yeah. yeah. You ever been sick <clears throat> or had a fever and had a bad dream? I don't think so. I'm probably, yeah. They call those fever dreams, but uh, I knew that I was getting sick because I had a episode of sleep paralysis that night and it was because I was sick and fighting off a fever. Yeah. But I'm coming, coming back now. I'm doing better. Good. Well, so on to the next topic. We got slender man, an internet phenomenon. And I'm going to tell you, this kid was in love with slender man when slender man came out. Yeah. And I didn't had, kill people. So he had, he had the slender man costume when he was a little kid, the morph suit. And we used to take pictures of him sitting on the toilet. It was one of the best Halloween costumes it ever. It was great. And I had a morph suit logo on my butt and I mooned somebody at the trick or treat house one time. And I got, <laughs> I got in a lot of trouble for that. I didn't hear this story. But so we'll, we'll get it later. So I'm, I'm older. I don't I, guess I've heard this. I don't really think, I don't know if I know. So give us the this. basis of slender man. Yeah. So slender man was like, it's an internet phenomenon. They made video games about it, and people blew it up, and it was just this big, big, scary monster. He's a tall, thin man, wears a black suit, and he has a disfigured white face. So he's just really tall and lanky, abnormally tall and lanky, and um, he has no facial expressions whatsoever. It's just a blank canvas. Um, he stalks his prey in the woods. Uh, his prey is oftentimes little children, and his victims begin to suffer depression, mental illness disorders, paranoia, and nightmares. And this is a great thing for your kids to... to I was obsessed with yeah, it when I was a little kid. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about I it. I used to watch that. YouTube videos, but anyways, um, the Slender Man lives in the woods, and um, his main victims are children. He's invisible to the human eye, so they only... The only way that you see him is he's in the background of photos. Um, all the pictures of him, the fake pictures of him, um, there'll be like a family gathering in the woods or something. And um, they, he's in the background stalking his prey or whatever. Yeah. And um, he's only seen, yeah, only seen in the backgrounds of photos. And in Wisconsin, there's two little girls stabbed one of their friends 19 times to please the slender man and this so-called ritual or he was stalking them and influencing them 
and talking them up to kill their friend to murder this little girl. Yeah, and these are like little middle really school happened. girls. Yeah, this really happened. Yeah. yeah, this was a this was a it, these kids was was fixated on the Slenderman, and uh, of course there's there's got to be some mental issues there with, with both of those kids. So I'm still a little bit lost. So what did the Slenderman? What did he? What did he originate from? What? I don't know. It wasn't it's a movie, like, right? No, they made, they made a movie at it. Actually, yeah. made, they just made a movie about it. Actually, which I thought that actually almost got canned because because of the murder. Right. Yeah. They almost didn't make the movie because the two little girls killed their little best. So friend. he was just some this well, fictional character. That, he's like that, a. He's just a fictional character. Yeah. He was made up over the internet on like some YouTube. Right. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like when the internet first came out and like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry yeah. for my ignorance. I no, just, no, I just no, don't no. know. Sorry for my ignorance. No, yo, you're good. I just don't know. Yeah, and these so everybody else is probably like, yes, we know the story. <laughs> Let's move <laughs> on. But yeah, those girls, uh, they conspired to have their little friend over in a sleepover, and then they murdered her. They stabbed her 19 times, killed her. Jesus. Um, and then, of course, you know, when they get in the whole court thing about it, uh, the the one little girl's family blames the other little girl because she was the more influential. Um, she. You know, there and there's one of them that that kind of you know kind of forced everything, uh, kind of pushed everything in the, in that direction to where they actually uh, committed the crime, committed the murder. But uh, I mean, they both are there to me, and they both are guilty. You know, I don't care how old you are. You don't. There, there's there's something to be said for for uh, you know um, rage rage murders. That's a rage murder. You don't you just don't stab somebody no. nineteen times. No. I mean, no. stabbing somebody to death is probably one of the worst ways to kill somebody. Well, that's, that's the most personal. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, it doesn't take much to pull a trigger. Right. But to stab somebody, that's Not personal. Think, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. So, yeah, pretty terrible. That's a special way. That's a special kind of psycho. But right. in, in the game, you walk around with your camcorder, and um, you're supposed to go collect eight pages throughout the woods. And these are notes that Slenderman leaves, or yeah, he like lures his prey into the woods or something. And upon each page, the difficulty increases. Like he becomes more sporadic around the map, and he teleports and stuff like that. But it's all a game, and people blew it up. And these little girls took it serious enough to kill their best friend. So, so uh, all you uh, parents out there is buying the Slenderman costume for Halloween, like I did, man. Make you feel yeah. like a real asshole now. So. Attaboy, Dan. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> right. I was unaware. One of the scariest movies that I've ever seen uh, still scares me to this day, and this is one guy that I couldn't get away from because he ran very fast, was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre was actually uh, this, this, the person this came from was uh, the butcher of Plainville. His name was Edward Theodore uh, Jean. And... He was a farmer. Uh, he, he was repressed, but he lived with his mother, and he was repressed by his mother. You know, he lived with his mother for forty-one years. I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, but I was. So, what, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was not based on Gin. Yeah, it is. Yeah, is that what you just said? Yeah, Gin. Yeah, I said Gene. It's Gin. Okay, Gin. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So or did I say it wrong? No, I, I I probably said it wrong. Okay. So because I was thinking, man, I thought it was something else. The yeah. Whole time. It's, yeah. It's it. It's Gin. It's Gin. My bad, dude. Um, I I just can't read today. Be wise um, when you interrupt, Andy. We don't take too kindly of that around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, okay, my bad. So he so he lived with his religious mother. She was a fanatic, uh, and she pretty much controlled everything that he did. Uh, had him under under her thumb uh, the whole time. Well, it wasn't until she passed away uh, then he 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 fully uh, started living his life uh, and being being the cruel, crazy, uh, brutal murderer that he was. 
um, it is thought that he killed like several people. That he killed a lot of people, but they only have a true true proof that he had killed uh, uh, Mary Hogan was a woman that he was in love with, and then he terribly you know he murdered another uh, Bernice uh, Bernice Warden. Uh, her body uh, there, her body was actually found hung by her ankles and decapitated with her torso cut open. So um, there's, uh, you know, with all these other things that he did, uh, he was known to be a grave robber. He would go into the corpses and he would uh, of recently dead women and uh, he would steal their bodies just to remove their skin. And he created furniture and clothing from them. Uh, so he was actually making some pretty nice furniture and uh, clothing. Uh, police had actually found human heads, lamps and seats, the covers of the, the lamp cover and the seat covers were made from human skin. Um, he actually made uh, a vest from a woman's private parts, uh, leather pants from human skin. They said he was very feminine. Yeah. And they kind of wanted to be a woman. Yeah. Torso uh, with the breasts and mask of a human rose. Uh, I mean, that was on his vest. Uh, so he, he had skulls, uh, plates made of skulls, ashtrays made of skulls, human skulls. Um, he was... He was the basis for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, but also the movie Psycho, Norman Bates' character, pretty much derived from this same really? guy. Yeah. And also Buffalo Bill and Sites of the Lamps. Yeah, so if sense. you think about all those things uh, and things that this guy did, it kind of, they, they correlate together. All of men's psycho uh, ass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was happy to know that they didn't make chili out of people and uh, serve it up to them. So. That was good. <laughs> that was a different movie altogether. But I will tell you there's another, and, and I, I, I can't get into it. I shouldn't get into it because I don't know all the facts of it, but there was a place in Texas where these people would, they would catch drifters. Uh, they would catch uh, prostitutes and runaways. And they would brutally, uh, say they had a trailer set up and they would sexually assault them and brutalize them and video it. They'd video all the stuff that had happened uh, until they, it was a, it was a, a two men and a woman. And I wish I knew the names. I should have, I'll try to get more information on that. But they would brutalize these women until they would kill them. And once they killed them, they threw them in this big lake. It was in Texas. So they throw the bodies in the lake. They'd wrap them in a burlap sack, weigh them down with rocks and throw them in the lake. And, um, uh, so it went on for years. They killed multiple women, uh, multiple drifters. Uh, and then actually in Texas, they have a gigantic, huge catfish fry. And the catfish fry was a big thing. They did it every year. That was a big event that they did. Like the chili cook-off. Yeah. Well, guess where the catfish came from? Oh, no. The catfish came from that lake. Yeah. And so they were they were catching these catfish out of that lake that was feeding off, feeding of, people. off of the people. And uh, they were feeding them to the people that were coming to this festival. So I'll get some more information on that, but that's a really interesting story too. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, another, uh, another, uh, you know, so, so it's kind of, it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, they did that. They did the chili competitions on Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it was out of Texas, but there actually was an event that was going on a big catfish fry in Texas and they were eating mm. Fish that were feeding off of dead corpses. Good so, eating. Try to enjoy your next catfish dinner. Thinking yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. It was awful. The Hills Have Eyes. I guess a lot of a lot of people have seen that movie. And uh, I'll be honest, I haven't watched many scary movies. I'm pretty spooked. The Hills Have Eyes was pretty disturbing. That actually. scared the piss out of me. It's kind of. I'll just give you the base of the movie. It's really about a bunch of inbred hillbillies that. Well, there was two. There was two made. One was made. Uh, more recently, and I think it was more in like uh, like a desert setting, kind a of desert setting, yeah. 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 So, 
but either way it's and i think that had to do with the the characters were more uh radioactive they were yeah it was, it was a little stranger but either, what either way but it was actually based on a uh a family called the Beam family and they were for from ayrshire scotland okay and it was mr and mrs bean they set up home in the i don't know if i say this right but the banane banan 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 yeah banan banan cave uh, the cave went back over a mile, so it was a really, really deep cave. But this is where they made their home. Well, Mr. Bean didn't have much of a uh, skill. So to provide for his family, this cave wasn't far from this narrow road that connected these villages. So what Mr. Bean would do is he would come down and rob these people that were traveling on this road. Well, he would also kill them so he, they couldn't go to the uh, authority about it the police or whatever about it so he would rob them whatever so it got to a point where he realized maybe they could live off him and miss bean could live off a high protein diet and start eating these people that he's actually killing on this little narrow road so this went on for a long long time so long that they ended up having uh, like 14 children okay 14 kids but this family grew, and this family grew. Yeah, they had 14 children. Generations pass in this cave. Well, incest happens. And this yeah. family grows and grows and grows and becomes huge, right? So they're just killing people left and right. And they also, they also master the technique of salting and pickling flesh because they start having an appetite for Jesus. humans, right? So they're... They're, they're robbing from these people, but also stealing their bodies and taking them back up in this cave. And this happens for generations, and people don't know where these people are missing to. But they start finding body parts, start washing up on the shore there. Yeah. Because the, the, the waterway is really close to this this uh, road that attaches these villages. So they know something really fishy is up, but they have no idea what. So one day, the couple is coming down this narrow road, and they're attacked by the bean family and there's quite a few of them well the woman is killed instantly and they're just tearing her apart but the guy fights these people off and in the middle of fighting these off people off uh other people start coming down the road from this fair so they fight the bean family off and this is the first time the bean family has ever been seen fought off. Well, well the first time they've ever been fought off for sure i got you because it's never they've ever been outnumbered but at mm -hmm. this point they're outnumbered so they haul ass back up to the cave but they don't know where they go mm -hmm. okay but they have evidence now and they take this evidence to uh king james okay i think that was right yeah king james hope that's right <laughs> either way uh they take it to king and the king brings an army of 400 people and track dogs to find out where this family's living mm -hmm. or where these people are living. They have no idea if they're family or whatever, but the manhunt is launched. Uh, they take these by torchlight. By the time they get to this cave, they find the cave and they start going in it. Well, they go almost a mile deep, but it, once they get into the cave, they see flesh and things hung in rows while they're going down into this cave. And they finally come upon the, the bean family there's a brief fight 
and they overtake them because they mm-hmm. have 400 soldiers yeah. and dogs and everything else. But they ended up killing them. Or not killing them, but taking them in. Well, the crimes were so heinous that he said, you know, we're going to kill them all. We're going to kill every member of the Bean family. There's none of these people are going to live to tell about it. Yeah. The men's hands and feet are cut off and just left to bleed to death while the women watch. And then all the women were all burned at the stake. And so crimes kind of fit the punishment. They're, exactly. Yeah. That's the way it was done then. Let me just go ahead and say, if you ever wake up one day and you you feel like you have the hankering for the taste of human flesh, you can see your uh, local psychiatrist. Unbelievable. Or kill yourself. Well, the guy, you know, the you know, at first he's just robbing these people and killing them. And then he realizes, well, this isn't giving us any food, so let's try cooking them, I guess. Yeah. And just psychos. And they, you know, ended up having... I want to see how there ended up being 48 members of this family, 48 inbred members of a cannibalistic family. family. Yes. 48 members were taken in 48. They drug out of this case. That is so insane. So then that, you know, you had the idea for the bills. Yeah. Hills have eyes. I'm I'm not going to watch that the same again. (laughs) Or watch it, watch it ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you could imagine, you know, going into this cave and, by torchlight and start seeing limbs hanging from the cave. Are these people from West Virginia? <laughs> it's Scotland, actually. Oh, God. Sorry, West Virginia people. <laughs> I was just kidding. I know you have listeners there. I know. I Way to go, Rob. Sorry. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah, it's pretty insane. It's like, who conveniently left these beef jerky samples hanging in the cave? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm starving. Man. <laughs> well, Pogo the Killer Clown. John Wayne Gacy. He has a troubled childhood, an alcoholic father who sexually abused and raped him. Um, He outgrew his dark past. He grew up with a dark, or yeah, he grew up, got him a good job. He's married, really just making the best of a bad situation. Uh, Behind the smile, well, okay, he dressed as Pogo the Clown, is well-known. That was his gig. He was well-known in uh, where he was from. He did birthday parties and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was real close with the kids, birthday parties and family gatherings. But um, behind the smile was evil and perversion. And that his clown get-up he had was just just an attempt to get closer to the children. And so he would be closer to his prey. His victims ranged from the age of age 14 to 21. And in 19 from 1972 to 1978, Wayne Gacy raped and killed 33 young men. Which he, which he kept most of them in his crawl space of his house. Yeah. Um, his victims mostly died or his victims were strangled to death. So that was his way of going about killing them. Yeah. 29 of the victims were buried in their own homes and four others were thrown into a river. Yeah. Also a fun fact about John Wayne Gacy. He actually would not have sex with the young boys until they were dead. Really? So he would, yeah, he was big into necrophilia. So he would actually have sex with their dead bodies. That's sick. Yeah. 1994, Pogo was sentenced to death by lethal injection. 
His last words were, killing me won't bring back any of the victims. The state is killing me. He pretty much told them to kiss it, and you will never find any of the other bodies. Yeah, so they he, they only confirmed that he killed how many, was it? What was it? 30, 33. 33. Yeah. But he, he claimed to kill way more. Yeah. Old paintings of clowns are recognized worldwide by Gacy. He's left a big impact on our culture, as many of these anti, uh, anti-Americans have. Yeah. These war criminals. <laughs> and American Horror Stories Freak Show used Gacy and um, his little persona and their character, Twisty the Clown. Yeah, you can see the the whole, what, the whole direction they were going with that. Yep. And also, last but not least, the famous film, It, with Pennywise the Clown. Yeah. So there you go. You got John Wayne Gacy's clown persona was uh, morphed into uh, Pennywise the Clown and also Twisty on uh, American Horror Story. So when I, I remember the... if. Twisty on American Horror Story is probably one of the scariest uh, clowns there is. Terrifying. But that's immediately who I thought of, you know, when he, he comes running out with that big grin. And it's uh, it's pretty creepy. A lot yeah. of people are scared of clowns anyway. Yeah, I don't like them. I don't like them. You don't know who's behind that mask. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, there's another movie, uh, The Veil, um, which which was all kind of derived from uh, the mass suicide at Jonestown and Jim Jones. Um so, uh, you know, they got the idea for the movie The Veil uh, through Jonestown. And uh, Jim Jones was a preacher. He'd founded this church called the People's Temple. Um, back in 1977, he had uh, almost 900 followers. Um, he always seemed to lean towards the, the weak, the poverty, the impoverished, and uh, also um, the black community. He was he was big in the black community. Um, he had He had got these people to basically decide to follow him as they would follow Christ. He was taking them to the promised land. They were going to leave the United States. The United States was dirty and corrupt and he was going to take them somewhere. And they actually built this community in, uh, in, in Ghana in South America. Uh, so they had their own community. They had their own food. Um, the twisted sick part of it was they, you gave up your identity. You gave up your money, any, anything that you, any of your worldly possessions, like you would give them, give up your worldly possessions, like they talk about in church. Well, you gave them up to Jim Jones. You didn't only give up your worldly possessions. You also, if you were a female, you gave yourself to Jim Jones. Um, so How convenient, right? Yeah, he had every all the women in the well, actually everybody there called him. Uh, they called him Daddy, uh, which sounds really awful. Um, it was rumored that he was sexually abusive to the women. Uh, he would electrocute uh, the young men's genitals if they practiced was bad parishioners. Uh, I mean, just all kinds of crazy things. Um, he uh, had ceremonies called White Knights where he asked the followers to fake post, uh, fake killing themselves. Uh, you know, just kind of what he was doing is grooming these people, getting them ready for the mass suicide. So once uh, family members back in the United States were trying to get their family members that had left in Joan the Jones, uh, Jonestown community, they had uh, got the United States government to step in to remove their families uh, from from him because they were there. They were trapped. They had no way home. Uh, they're in another country. Um, they're being abused. They're basically, uh, you know, Jim Jones is a madman. So when the, actually one of the directors of the CIA, they, the United States comes in, they take, they, they actually interview these people. And this is all on video. They get all these people and Jim Jones knows his time's coming that they're about to, about to crash down on them hard. He, um, 
he gets um he lets them come in with a filming crew and he lets them interview people and people they're asking are you safe here do you want to stay here and the majority of the people tell him yeah they feel fine they're safe that jim jones left. but they're running out of food they're running out of uh they're running out of everything there so so once they have a handful of people says i want to go back home and there's a handful of them and so you can see in the video everybody starts getting tight and tense and uh they they actually get all these people on the truck and they start driving to the airport while Jim Jones is flipping out. He's like, tells some of his, uh, parishioners, the males that the, I guess their, their actual security, they go up and they just start shooting people at the airport, like in the, on the airstrip, they kill the, the CIA guy. They kill one of the, there's a governor, I believe that's killed. Uh, and the people that's trying to leave is killed. So once all this is going on, he has this big, huge, huge uh, meeting with all this, all the parishioners. There's like 900 people, almost 900 people there. And uh, he tells them that it's time to go. It's, you know, it's time to go home to be with the Lord. And that's when he breaks out the sign, I laced Kool-Aid. And uh, he tells the parents to give it to the kids first to go ahead. Because if the parents are dead, the children can't, the children are not going to take it. Right. Anybody that refuse, and you can hear on the video, like there's audio of it. If you listen to it, it's it is the most sickening, sad, sad thing. They, you can hear these people screaming and crying and moaning in pain. Uh, they're they're actually, they're poisoned. These children are crying. Uh, anybody that won't take, won't drink the Kool Aid, he has people come up and inject cyanide, straight cyanide, right into their neck with syringes. Because um, so, it's 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 a pretty painful way to die. Oh yeah, it's a terrible way to die. It's a terrible way to die. So, but you know, almost nine hundred people lost their lives. But it's there. the easiest way for yeah, for them all quickest killed. way to kill them all. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, and then they were there for a while before somebody actually came in. I mean, they they talk about the people that came in to identify bodies that the stench was so, I mean, it's just, you know, and you're there and you're South America, you're in humid climates. So well, you can only imagine. Hell, and how many yeah. people? Almost 900 people. I mean, you could imagine, you can imagine the smell, you know, the smell just... of that. Yeah. Some people actually escaped in the woods though. They ran away and they were, they were shot at as they would run. Uh, and then there, that's why there's, there's a few people left to still tell the story about it. But the movie, the veil, uh, it, it came from, uh, you know, Jonestown, Jim Jones, the original Kool-Aid man. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Drink, that's why you get drinking the Kool-Aid. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There ain't no oh, yeah, in that. So. I mean, you just, it's just, it's it's amazing how people just follow other people for, you know, with yeah. any any idea. I mean, it, well, I mean, I see it every day. You, you know, have to right? think about. You think about some of these churches that people go to. I mean, they, they got somebody, you know, that. They can talk the talk and talk about right. doing, you know, right. signing their bank account over to him, you know, yeah. Jim Baker. Just glad Jim Baker was a pussy, you know, instead of an evil tyrant. That's Imagine right. what he would have got people. That's to right. Do. So I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. just be smart, people. Yeah, be smart. Well, I want to talk about something a little different. All right, this is actually going to be about the Smurfs. Yes. How tall is a Smurf? Does anybody know? Three inches. Nope. You're close. Three and a half inches. Three apples tall three apples tall you know how i remember that because i had a coloring book when <laughs> i was a kid the smurfs and it actually there was a smurf next to how tall is a smurf and it was three apples tall uh, it uh, must suck to be old it is it, it, no it's actually pretty cool it's good <laughs> except you know the aches and pains but <laughs> yeah so anyway about the smurf so it's not it's kind of it's kind of maybe maybe not what we thought we've all heard the smurfs we all saw how friendly the smurfs were we all uh Remember that the Smurfs were always trying to escape from Gargamel and his cat, Azrael. Right? Yeah. So he was, 
they uh, Gargamel was always trying to come up a way in every episode to capture these Smurfs. Yep, he's going to turn them into gold. Yes. So, you know, that was the premise of the Smurfs if you're too old to remember, or too young to remember it. But the true story about Gargamel dates back to the 12th and 13th century. He was actually a famous priest of the Dominican order. Mm-hmm. Uh, at age four, he was he, he grew up extremely extreme. Well, he was born into an extremely poor family, so poor that his mother left him on the steps of a convent at age four. Uh, of course, the religious man took him in and raised him, and he later became a, uh, a priest and he swore to uh, always protect the convent from any bad entity or evil evil doer from right. the con- yeah. from the convent. Well, as time goes on, the, these priests that raised Gargamel actually dies off, and he becomes very lonely. And he, I, I would imagine, somewhat depressed. Even though he's still a religious man, he's by himself, and he's the only one in this huge convent. You know, it's probably pretty scary, and you know, all everything by yourself. But he, he becomes friend with this cat that he names was it Azrael? 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 Yeah, Azrael. Azrael. Yeah, Azrael. Yeah, I watched SpongeBob as a kid, so yeah, Azrael. So <laughs> yeah, I, I forget. But anyway, so Azrael translated. It's from Israel, and it's translated as God's chosen people. Okay, so he helped uh, Gargamel in the Smurfs to ca- try to capture these Smurfs, and you know, part of the cartoon itself. Well, some believe that the Smurfs were actually represent the seven deadly sins, and hmm. Gargamel was actually the good guy, the priest. If you remember, Gargamel always wore like a monk outfit. Yeah. He was always had a priest outfit to him, if you think about it. So supposedly the Smurfs, like Grouchy Smurf, was wrath. Mm-hmm. Greedy Smurf was gluttony. Vanity. Uh, yeah, they had a Vanity Smurf. Yeah, Vanity Smurf was pride. Van- yeah, pride, yeah. Uh, hefty Smurf was envy. Brainy Smurf was greed. Lazy Smurf was sloth. Yeah. And Smurfette was lust. Dude, I never even would a million years thought about it. Okay, that. so it doesn't stop there. So what Smurf did I leave out? Papa Smurf. Papa Smurf. Okay, Papa Smurf was the only character that did With not the, did not wear blue and white. What? Yeah, he wore red. He wore red. He's the re- devil. Re- represents the devil. Really? So. Damn it. Actually, we rooted for the wrong person. We did. Maybe we should have rooted for Gargamel because he was the priest. You know, and the whole time you think about it, we did wear a monk outfit. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I never understood that. I thought he was a warlock. Well, they might even, they wanted him to be, yeah, like a warlock or some kind of sorcerer. A wizard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. some kind of sorcerer, you know. But actually, he was a priest, and the Gargamel was kind of based on that character because there was a true Gargamel, and that was really his name. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. he had this cat. Named Azrael. Named Azrael, who I struggled with for some reason. But, yeah, so then they have the seven deadly sins that are listed in these Smurfs. How buzz, how crazy is that? It is insane. That's pretty. I wild. was reading it, and my jaw was dropping. I yeah. Thought, oh my God, Papa Smurf also wore red. Yeah. And he would represent the devil. He was the devil. He was over all the uh, 
Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah. Who were those little nasty Smurfs. Mm -hmm. And I guess all the other ones were like minions or demons. Yeah. They didn't have a name. Exactly. Damn, that's so wild. Yeah. I did not I did not know. A that. little disappointing. I'm a little disappointed, <laughs> but uh, it's still cool nonetheless. Right. Yeah. That's way so, cool. Smurfs. Yeah. Well, you got to stick with a childhood, uh, child, child thing there, Tyler. Yeah, you're going to destroy more Smurfs for us? Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> Well, the scariest movie I ever saw when I was a little kid was Chucky. I didn't want, I didn't sit down and watch the entire movie, but I know that just seeing Chucky, the doll, was enough for me to know I didn't want any part of watching that movie. I never saw it. So, the true stuck, the true Stucky, the true story of Chucky. <laughs> the sticky icky. <laughs> Stucky. Um, is about a doll named Robert. So, Robert, the possessed doll, in the early 20th century, um, in Florida, Robert Eugene Otto was given a handmade doll that was crafted, handcrafted by a slave. Um, the slave practiced witchcraft, and the doll had a life of its own. Okay. Paranormal activity, and, well, because of the doll being in possession of Eugene... Uh, Eugene took the doll home with him, of course, and he was still a child at this time. Um, paranormal activity began to happen in the house, and objects were flying and crashing against walls. Uh, and Robert, Eugene, would blame it on the doll. Um, Robert actually named the doll after himself. Hmm. So I will refer to Robert Eugene as Eugene and yeah. Robert as, as Chucky. Okay. Um, Eugene became best friends with the doll. Uh he, yeah, and he was also a well-known painter at, at his time of adulthood. And he always painted with the doll, oddly enough. Uh, even when he was an adult, him and the doll were still best friends, and they were by each other's side. That's too bizarre. The witchcraft doll. When what Eugene else? got married, Robert was unfortunately sent to the attic because his wife was so scared of him. Yeah. Eugene quickly suggested that the doll be moved to the guest bedroom. She should have been more scared of the adult that plays with a doll. Good point. You never know. Good point. <laughs> well, what else do you do with Robert, this doll? While Eugene. Robert's in the guest bedroom, Eugene. he stares out the window at the little children passing by on their way to school. After Eugene died, Robert was passed down to the next homeowner's. The next homeowners had a 10-year-old daughter that played with the doll, and they built a bond just like Robert and Eugene had. And the daughter claims that Robert tried to kill her and lock the door so that her parents could not help her out. Robert is currently on display in a museum in Key West, Florida. Florida. No Florida I've, of all places. I've seen yeah. it. I've have you really? It. I have seen it. That's awesome. I have seen it. And the tale goes that you must ask Robert for a picture. And if you don't, the consequences could cost you your life. That's crazy. I've seen it. You've seen it? Yeah. You've seen, you've seen Robert the doll? Yeah. I, we, when, we did, when we went to Key West, we did a ghost tour and all that. Oh, so it's all in that. Yeah, it's all in that. And it's 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 pretty cool. The history of Did Key you get West. a picture? No. No, I wise didn't, choice. I, I didn't even yeah, want a picture either. taken with Hell me, no, me or neither. taken back with me of that. But I mean, I took a picture of Ted Bunny's Volkswagen. I don't, so I don't weirdo. I don't believe a lot of that stuff. But here's the cool thing about a ghost tour: 
is it gives a lot of history, a lot of true history while you're on the tour. Yeah. You know, you can choose to believe whether it's haunted or not haunted. That's up to you, but it does give a lot of cool history. And yeah, if you ever go to Key West, definitely do the ghost tour. Yeah. It's amazing. But that's yeah. the, that's the backstory on Chucky. Yeah. Wow. So child's play. That was, that was some real a possessed crazy shit going on with doll. a doll. Yes. It's <laughs> so insane. Right? Right? That's insane. All right. One of the movies that I, I remember even as older, as I got a little older, uh, that I watched it made me unnerved and it scared me. Uh, it just, just, it was just creepy. Uh, the cinematography, the special effects, the way they did things. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, got a chance to see the ring, the story, oh, the movie, the ring. Um, this is the first one. I didn't see any after that. Is I'm there two. I, I think there is. I didn't I see it. I'm going to straight up butcher these Japanese names. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, there's a, I wouldn't even attempt it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump in there. You're, strong bro uh this the story came from okiku the spirit of the whale in japan the spirit of the whale the spirit okiku. of the whale like water whale not whale in the water okay uh it's a tragedy that dated back to the 16th century uh there was a castle in japan the uh hamiji castle i hope i said that right there was a samurai uh and i'm really gonna mess this one up do it uh tasan oyama I think he nailed I like it. it. I, I like think he it. nailed it. Uh, he fell in love in an obsessive way with a servant, Okiku. Um, he wanted to have her. Unfortunately, he was already he was already want married. Okiku. He wanted Okiku, but he was already he's already married. He wanted her to be his mistress. She refused his advances, um, and it and it caused the samurai to lose his sanity. Uh, so he decided to set a trap for Okiku. Uh, he asked one of the noble servants to take 10 gold plates from the royal family. He hid one of them and threatened Okiku uh, to accuse her of being a thief if she did not reciprocate his love. Uh, she had two options, either to be uh, Oyama's bride or to be executed. Uh, either, either way, she was going to be unhappy and doomed. So she decided to kill herself by throwing herself into the castle's well. Okay, this is a true story. Uh, after Okiku's death, Cannonball. <laughs> she, after her death, uh, her spirit returned to seek revenge um, in the morning hours, uh, and the the samurai would suffer from paranormal manifest manifestations of the woman he once loved. She came out of the well and crawled onto um, Oyama, and her eyes were full of rage. And uh, he constantly, constantly could hear Okiku from inside the well, uh, counting the golden plates over and over and over again, making a tremendous fuss about and throwing them against the wall. Um, her spirit was described as a sad woman with long, dark hair, which we all know in the movie. Yep. That's, that's, that's pretty much what's going on. Covered her face. Who wore a white, fun a white funeral dress. Yep. Um, that's how spirits in uh, Japan of women... Uh, that's how their spirits are perceived as women who cannot rest in peace because they suffered a lot when they were alive. They did not receive a proper funeral ceremony because they committed suicide. And so these spirits appeared uh, two in the morning until dawn and they would seek out the people that hurt them uh, in life and would torment them until the day that they died. Um, the well is also known as Okiku's well and it can still be found outside uh, outside of that castle 
covered in iron bars to keep her spirit locked inside. Mm. So that's a real, that was a real story. It was behind the movie, the ring, which was heavy. terrifying. That was a scary movie. ass movie. It remember, was a scary movie. Yeah, remember the part where they, they crawl like crawling backwards on the stairs. Yes. Remember that? It's terrifying. And then the chick's washing her hair and then the hands go like out of the back of her head. It was a terrifying, you know, the, anytime you deal with like, ghost kids it scares me oh when you put kids in scary movies that's the worst thing ever and i and i remember there used to be a haunted trail in town and uh i was like oh it's a you know it's whatever it's a haunted trail Woo, there's there's scary things they had a little girl walking through the woods in a white dress singing jesus loves me it's terrifying and it scared the absolute shit out of me i mean i was like i was spooky. like i was like you know what i can deal with a pig man <laughs> I can deal with Jason, Jason Voorhees kicking open the camper door yeah. in the middle of the woods. That little girl walking around singing Jesus loves me in the woods with her, with her little white dress on, just sounding all sweet. And that whole set and that whole environment, it was not a good place for me to be. I did not enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it at all. I don't, I don't, I don't really like haunted trails and I don't do that. No, I don't do any of that. I just now got to where I enjoy a scary movie, but Scary movies really don't scare me. They creep me out, but they really don't scare me because I know it's a movie. But if I'm there, like in a haunted house or something, I don't, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't get being that being enjoyable. For yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Some people love them. Some people I mean, love I, it. I mean, I, I know I, people that love them. I kind of like me, it. No. I kind of like to be scared. Do you? Yeah, a little bit. I'm okay with it being a little scared by a movie, but yeah. I don't. I don't, don't want to be there in person. There's haunted houses now, where you have to sign waivers. Yeah, I don't want to be yeah. touched. I can tell you that. If I go in one and somebody touches me, they're putting their life in their own hands. Well, they're not uh, allowed you supposed to do that. Aren't yeah, you? they do though. But I'm just saying. I'm yeah. like, all right. I'm like, all right. I mean, you got to sign waivers. I'm to like, go you to got those. you got me. You scared me. Yeah, don't, but you know that going me. into those though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna sign a waiver, it's on you. Yeah, there's some haunted house. There's some haunted house. I remember that. I don't. I think it's somewhere in Georgia. Um, but it's an, it's an X rated haunted house and like you have to sign a waiver. Like you, I mean, and they let you know up front that it's going to be some really messed up stuff going on, on this thing. And, uh, I always kind of wanted to go to that a little bit, but again, I ain't going to be touched by somebody. I mean, and you if you sign I mean? a waiver, man, yeah. you're that's, yeah. I'm like, you better sign a waiver. I'm going to take a waiver for you to sign. Yeah. You but if you're signing the waiver. <laughs> Saying yeah. it, you're gonna sign the waiver saying it's okay for them yeah. to touch you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's super expensive too. I of can't remember what the name of it was. I'm sure some people listening will probably know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, we could it. talk about. There's so many more different movies that we can talk about. The last one that I want to talk about, and this is one that still to this day, I felt like if I watch it, I'm gonna go to hell for just watching it. Uh, but I I watched it. Um, of course, I didn't watch it as a child. But I watched it. I was too young to watch it, and uh, it was The Exorcist. And uh, and this came from a story. There was some truth behind that as well. Yeah. So there's there's an actual girl that this was this whole story. The movie was derived from. Uh, her name was uh, I want to. I'm probably gonna say her last name wrong. Uh, Robbie Manaheim, The Exorcism of Robbie Manaheim. Mannheim, Mannheim. I'm going to go with Mannheim. I like that. Let's go with that. Uh, in 1949, uh, there was a cottage, cottage, city, cottage, cottage cheese, <laughs> cottage city, Maryland. I can't <laughs> even talk. Uh, there was a 14 year old teenager named Robbie Mannheim. I'm going to go with that. Mannheim. Mannheim. Uh, it started. Uh, I have no idea. I'm kidding. They, his aunt taught him how to use a Ouija board. Okay. So. Those damn things. So uh, it was the first game 
there played uh, weeks later. The aunt died of supposed natural causes after she had taught him. Uh, Robbie started playing along, uh, communicating with his dead aunt uh, with this Ouija board. So started with some strange noises early in the morning, banging on the walls. Objects were moving, scratches on the walls. The picture of Jesus Christ was twisted without explanation in one of Robbie's classmates' rooms. Uh, Robbie's cla- uh, they, they said that Robbie's desk had slid down by itself until it hit some of his other classmates. So there's like all kinds of paranormal shit going on. Um, little by little, the dark energy began to affect uh, Robbie directly. Um, and then he showed it like a, as a sullen behavior, um, the paranormal, uh, phenomenon that began to physically impact him. It gave him scratches on his chest from the inside of his body. So from the inside out, whatever's in him, scratching his chest, clawing him up. Uh, the Catholic priest, uh, was called in. He went to, to visit Robbie. Uh, it didn't take long for the evil force to manifest himself. Uh, Robbie's bed was shaken. His holy water bottle exploded and the fire from the candles was out of, was out of control. And then Robbie spoke with an uh, unrecognizable uh, voice. Uh, and it said in Latin, uh, Oh, priest of Christ, you know I'm the devil. Why do you bother me? And this child had never studied this Latin. This child never studied Latin. He didn't know anything about Latin. Right. If I'm the priest, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go now. Yeah. Y'all yes. don't got to put nothing in my plate. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go. Y'all burn this shit to the ground. Y'all, <laughs> y'all tie this little son of a bitch <laughs> to a bed and set this house on fire. I am out. <laughs> so, uh, Robbie was taken to the hospital and a reverend uh, Schultz performed an exorcism on him. Unfortunately, the reverend was seriously injured and the exorcism was canceled. Um, Robbie's family noticed a sign on his chest, uh, St. Louis, the place where the spiritual aunt died. Were, uh, and then they took him there, took Robbie there for help. Um, another priest was, was brought in to perform an exorcism in St. Louis. Um, the demon inside of Robbie became very violent. Uh, before religious images, cursing with a demonic voice in different languages, having sexually offensive behavior, spitting on their faces. Uh, it was not enough for the priest. Uh, after a long, complex, and dangerous exorcism, a new voice came from within side of Robbie's body and said, Satan, Satan, I am Michael. I command thee, Satan, and all the other evil spirits to leave this body in the name of Dominus, Immediately, now, 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 now. Robbie squirmed and squirmed uh, until he finally found some peace. Uh, he looked at the priest and said, he's gone. Mm. It seems like there's so much more t- that could be to that story. But uh, but that that's that's where the story of the exorcist came from. Was, uh, you know, this, don't play with Ouija boards, people. No. Don't do it. I'm buying one. And in, in, uh, you, you can't bring it to our house. You already no. know the rules. No, can't do that. But we are going to have a witch come to our house. <laughs> so, not just, my house. Just, we're just teasing that one. Uh, next episode, we're going to do actually going to sit down. Brittany and I are going to sit down with a Wiccan who long. who wants to be referred to as Rabbit. And uh, I was like, is Eminem coming to our house? Is, uh, is uh, I'm, I'm nervous already. Bombing on my sweater. You, you know what? You Mom's spaghetti. You brought you. You're bringing this into your house. You should be. Well, we'll probably make her stay outside. Maybe I don't know. But here's the deal. I'm not scared of her. She ain't got to be scared of me. And, well, uh, I you know we'll see what happens. I don't know if I'm actually scared of it because you know the teachings. I believe that I'm not afraid of it. But I right. still don't. 
I'm still not going to let. There's so many questions, though. I mean, like, I, you know, we, we talked to the ghost hunter and we, we, we asked questions. We had, had questions answered with that. So I'm a little fascinated with the dark arts. I'm a little fascinated with those things. I, you know, and I feel I'm comfortable enough to, to be able to, to have conversations with those people just to see, you know, uh, I have questions. No. Yeah, Brit- I'm not scared. Brit- Brittany's got questions. She's got better questions than me, so she's actually going to be helping me out on this one when we do this one. So, um, interesting. But scary movies, folks they they came from some. When you ever watching a scary movie, you got this had to come from somewhere. It did. It probably did research Un- it. Unfortunately, it did come from somewhere. Yeah, and then like Andrew said, research it, and you see uh, even the Smurfs. Yeah, the Smurfs. There's there's evil all around. Then you know, and it's real evil, and uh, you just kind of got a kind of. Watch out what's going on around you. Stay kind of crazy. So don't believe everything everybody says. Right. Wind up in some a cave tent, tent drinking Kool Aid. Or in a cave getting your leg chewed on by a bunch of inbreeders. The beans. <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> that's, man. It's so crazy. It's crazy. Tyler, you got anything else, buddy? That's it, man. All right, good deal. Andrew? Still working on some things, man. Hopefully some good stuff coming. All right, it's coming soon. Uh, I am going to get a Ouija board. I'm serious about that. Okay, we'll just keep that outside for your for your viewing pleasure. So <laughs> lay down on your truck keep, bed and play keep, that. Keep out that in the shit yard. away from my uh, uh-huh. my brand new fire pit. One second, once at the campfire. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a great time. It would be. Yeah. Um, a couple of quick things. Uh, if you like murder mystery, if you like unsolved mysteries, a podcast. Uh, um, you know, uh, mysterious Bruce is a great podcast. Um, again, you know, young blood, the young blood life is got a, a long car ride with the family. Yeah. The young blood life is a great, they, they have a great podcast that, you know, day to day things with their family, uh, and how they get it done, how they do things. So it's a, it's a good podcast as well. Um, again, go to, uh, www.cigarstoreidiot.com. Check out some of our merchandise. Christmas is coming. There may be some deals. Not yet, but it may be. Uh, so um, just take a look at some of those things. And also, uh, one other thing, that Bespoke Post uh, boxes, man, these guys have some of the coolest stuff. If you go to look at our uh, Instagram uh, and check out some of the stuff that we've got from those guys, uh, if you've got, a, if you've got a, a male in your life that's hard to buy for, that has everything, I guarantee you uh, Bespoke, uh, Bespoke Post uh, they have some things that you, it's just some really cool stuff. Some really, really nice gear. It's stuff you didn't know you yeah, wanted stuff. You didn't know until you wanted. it's on your doorstep. Right. So, uh, go check them out as well. Uh, and, uh, I guess that's going to do it for me guys. Thank y'all. Thanks for coming. And, uh, everybody have a good evening. Thank you. <laughs>